the homily for the feast day of the Most Holy Trinity. My dear friends, today is the culmination of all the other feasts of the Church. We celebrate today the mystery that is central to our faith and salvation, the mystery of the Most Holy Trinity. Everything else, my dear friends, that we speak of, everything else that we remember in the Church has no other point but to lead us to this, to come to know, love, and serve the Most Holy Trinity, that is, God Himself. If Christ was born in Bethlehem, it was for this purpose. If He, would, if he died on the cross, it was for this. If the Virgin Mary helps us and we have devotion to her, is so that she leads us to the Most Holy Trinity. And if all the saints are present in our devotion, it is so that we reach this goal ultimately. Now, my dear friends, to speak of the Most Holy Trinity is to speak of the most lofty of all topics. I would wish above all to impress in our hearts the love of our God and the desire to become closer to God. I would wish to impress in our hearts the need of separation from the world. But to bring these things to our hearts, my dear friends, it's true, it is harder than it seems. Because we have grown so accustomed to the world. We are so used to this temporal life. How can we grow to love and desire God when we are so in love with our life and existence away from Him? Let me tell you a story that illustrates this point. On a certain occasion, back in Omaha, a young man brought his younger siblings to school. It was morning, I'm trying to have my breakfast, and I get called to go and help because apparently one of the younger siblings, one of the younger boys, didn't want to come out of the van. My answer obviously was, well, make him. They said, it's not that simple, Father. I wasn't a priest yet, but... So I go out there, and we struggle for some 20 minutes to bring him out of the band. This boy is so strong. <laughs> he is not moving, and he, he's holding on in some way that we couldn't pull him out. With all our strength, he was just holding on to the seats of the cars. My dear friends, this is an image of ourselves. We live here in this life, but this is but a temporal vehicle. This is but a vehicle that is supposed to lead us to eternity. But we love this temporal place so much. And when the priest or someone else is trying to pull us out of it, to tell us, hey, listen, this is, this is what is out there. This is your destination. This is where you're supposed to be. We cling to this vehicle. And it seems we don't even want to hear of what is out there. Allow me today, my dear friends, to drag you out of this earth, to bring you away from this world, and to see what we were created to have for all eternity. Allow me to speak to you of two things. First, of our relationship with each of the three persons, and second, of how close God is really to you. First, when it comes to our relationship with the first person of the Most Holy Trinity, I'd like you to consider the words of our Lord in John chapter 17. In there, our Lord is talking to his disciples. And he says to them that he came to this earth to manifest the name of the first person. And what is this name that Jesus Christ came to reveal to us? My dear friends, think of this, the sweetest name that there could be. Father. Luke, soul. Look at the sweet and gentle hand that created you. 
Well, could he have given you other names? He could have said, call me judge. My name is boss. My name is master. My name is creator. My name is almighty. My name is justice. My name is eternal. My name is great. But he gave all those names away, put them aside. And he said to you, my name to you, the way I want you to address me, is Father. My soul, when you raise your eyes to heaven, why is your heart dry? Why do you fear? What is missing to you? When you talk to the heavens, it is to your Father that you speak, and to the most loving Father. But does he love me, you will say. Wait and listen. I will tell you right now. I will prove to you how much God loves you. And I will do so with the words of the truth itself. Of the words, the, the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he says in the same gospel in chapter 3. God so loved the world as to give his only begotten son. Yes, he loves you. Here is a proof. The Father loves you so much that he gave, he gave what he loves the most. He gave the only thing that he loves, what he loves alone. He gave his own image, his likeness, his beloved Son in whom he is well pleased. He gave him for you. There you have how much he loves you. Love then, my dear soul, love the Father. Honor him, glorify him. Serve him in every way. And if we move to the second person, in regards to the Son, my dear friends, there are so many things we could say. He is our Savior. He is our brother. He is our Redeemer. He is our teacher. He is our physician, our friend, our king. But my friends, again, if we really want to know what our Lord Jesus Christ is for us, let's hear his own words again from the same chapter 17. Our Lord in there speaks to the Father as he prays, and he says to his Father, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them, as thou hast also loved me. I in them, our Lord Jesus Christ says, with Jesus Christ, we are to be united. We are to become like him. We are to be members of him, members of his mystical body. When we are baptized, we die like Christ, and we rise again from the waters. When we are confirmed, the Holy Ghost descends upon us as he descended upon Christ in the Jordan. When we are ordained to the priesthood, we become priests like Christ was. And when we marry... We marry as Christ married the church. When we confess our sins, we have sorrow for them as Christ sorrowed for them in Gethsemane. When we receive communion, we become one with Christ, one body, one soul, one heart, one blood. When we die in the state of grace, the church makes us unite ourselves to the sacrifice of the cross. And in all these things, the Father, when looking upon us, he sees not only us, but he sees Christ in us, and he loves us as adoptive children. 
and we are able also to love him. In union with his only begotten Son, we unite ourselves to Christ. And my friends, finally, what is our relationship with the Holy Ghost? Well, don't hear my words, let us hear our Lord again, when in the same chapter, he is also praying to his Father, and he says these words, he says, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. And this love, my dear friends, of which, of which he speaks of, this love that he wants to be in us, is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost resides in us when we are in the state of grace. If you will, think of the Holy Ghost as the soul of your eternal life. He could see, we could say in a certain way, that he acts like the principle of life for our life of grace. In the same way that your soul is in you and is the reason why you live, the Holy Ghost is what keeps you alive in the life of grace. In the same way that you understand the truth to, through your soul, through your understanding, the Holy Ghost gives you truth. In the same way that through your soul you are able to love other people, in the same way the Holy Ghost gives you love. In the same way that your soul, your spiritual soul, keeps your body in order, functioning, fills and informs all of your body, every aspect of your being, in that same way the Holy Ghost fills and informs and completes and nurtures the life of grace, your life of holiness, what will become of you when you die. What is your eternal life? The Holy Ghost is, in other words, the life of your soul. And with this, my dear friends, we could end. But we have one more question to answer. How close is the Most Holy Trinity from you? Can you find God only in heaven? Do you have to go that far? You will say, no, Father, I know that I can find God in the tabernacle, in the church. So then do you have to drive 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 20 minutes to come and speak to the Most Holy Trinity, to come and speak to God? You will say, well, no, Father, I know my catechism. I know that God is all around me. God is everywhere, right? So I know that in my room, God's there. I know that in my house, God's there. I know that if I'm on vacations on the beach or in the forest or in the woods, God's there around me. We know Yes, that if I want to be in the bodily presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, I do have to go to the church. But if I want to be in the spiritual presence of God, my catechism tells me I can find him anywhere. And I will say to you then, you tell me God is present only around you. I'll tell you, my dear soul, that is still too far away. Listen to what the truth incarnate, our Lord Jesus Christ, said to us in that same gospel. If anyone love me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and we will make our abode with him. Listen, my dear friend, to what the Most Holy Trinity said to Saint Teresa of Jesus. When she was wondering where and how to find God, he said to her, Look into your soul. You will find me there. Yes, if you are in the state of grace, don't even look around you. That is too far. Look inside you, in your soul. 
the Most Holy Trinity there dwells. Don't go too far, God is in your heart. When you walk, when you breathe, when you sleep, when you're sick, when you're laughing, when you're crying, when you suffer, when you live, even when you die, God is not far away. He is within your soul in grace. So my dear friend, when you want to find God, when you find, want to find these three persons of the Most Holy Trinity, remember always He is not far away. If you want to find them, close your eyes, close them to the world, and look into your soul, and you will find them there. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs>